This webcast is for informational purposes only. The content provided does not constitute medical advice or diagnosis, and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The opinions and information provided during the webcast are for informational and discussion purposes only. We do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy, completeness, adequacy, or currency of the content provided. This webcast is not a substitute for professional psychological or medical treatment, advice, assistance, or services. Should you or a family member need help with any of the matters discussed during the program, please contact a competent, licensed professional for assistance. Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. This is Dr. Merrill, and I am so pleased that you have decided to join me today. There is one common theme for everyone who is a caregiver. It doesn't matter who you're caring for. One of the elements that binds us together is that we just never have enough time to accomplish everything that needs to get done. And we certainly never have enough time at the end of any day, it seems, to devote to the care of ourselves. Unfortunately, this is our bond. Our guest today is Shari McGuire. Shari is the author of Take Back Your Time, 101 Ways to Shrink Your Work Week and Conquer the Chaos in Your Life. Shari's going to share with us how she was able to find ways to spend more time with her family and importantly, how she found time to take care of herself. Welcome, Shari. Thank you. It's great to be here today. Oh, it's great to have you. So, Sherry, um, I really want to know your personal story. I mean, ordinarily, I never, ever ask that question. However, you're an entrepreneur, you're a wife, you're a mother, and you found a way to put back 1,200 hours into your year. 1,200 hours. I just find that incredible. So I, I really want to hear your story and, sure. and how this happened. Sure, I'd happy, be happy to tell you about it. Um, so really what was going on was I was working in corporate, and I was working like 80 hours a week and just dying for working so many hours. And what I discovered really was what I call this, the secret to shrink my work week. And I went from working those, 40, those 80 hours a week, and I fit it all in in 40 hours a week. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so it was just so awesome to go on and, lead my biggest project ever. I was doing IT project management at the time. And I went on to lead my biggest project ever in those 40 hours a week when it would have taken me twice as long before. And so that's what had prompted me creating the writing the book that I did because I wanted to share with everybody else those secrets that I had uncovered because there were people all around me and all around the world that are working so many hours um, and just need those tips to figure it out. And it's a lot easier than we think once we change the way we think about time. We think we don't have choices, but we really do. And every now second we have a choice about how we're going to spend our time. And so often we let the world dictate how we're going to spend our time. That boss, that child, the spouse, whoever it is in your life, we let them come into our life and say, I need an hour here, I need five hours here. And we let those distractions kind of run what we're doing. And it was really about reining all that in and saying, what's the most important stuff in my life I need to get done and taking control of it. And we could talk more about specifics, but that's really what it was, was a light bulb moment for me working in the corporate environment. And now, of course, as you said, I'm an entrepreneur and I get to set my own hours, which is awesome. I love that. So that's why you say in, in your book, time management is not about managing your time. It's about what? It's about managing other people. It's about managing yourself. What, what is it about then? 
it's about managing the choices that you can make in your life. So let's take an example. Um, uh, let's say, for example, that you've got you work at a, at a corporation or a business and you've got a boss that comes to you and says, hey, I've got this project I need you to work on and get it done by the end of today. And you're sitting there thinking, well, why many? I don't have enough time for that. I was supposed to do these 10 other things today and now I've got to stay late to get this project done for my boss and I don't want to call my family because my son was counting on me being at his basketball game tonight. You just feel overwhelmed and you allow that boss to creep into your personal time and instead it's about taking that choice and saying okay you know what boss that's great that you had this project you need to work me to work on today i have a prior commitment at five o'clock that i need to be at so i was planning to do these other couple of things this afternoon i'm happy to set that aside and work on this project for you instead if that's what you would like here's what can happen the boss can say well Oh, gosh, that other stuff is far more important than this. I really don't need this until next week, so you've got some time to work on it. See, he had created a deadline that didn't really exist. Or uh, he might say, you know what, go ahead and set other, that other stuff aside and work on this. And now you've also set an expectation that you need to leave at 5 o'clock today because you have a prior commitment, and you can just walk out the door guilt-free. And he doesn't need to know that you maybe don't even have anything official going on. You just have a prior commitment, which means... You've decided to have a life outside of work. You know, I think, though, Sherry, people are frightened of that. I think people on a fast track or desperately need their jobs, their sole support of their families, I think might be frightened by that. Absolutely. I 100% agree that that is, takes a lot of guts to do. Um, but let me tell you, you know, we can let people drive us or we can drive them and and it's so empowering to take that moment to say, you know what, I get to drive my life. And I'll give you an example. I was once working um, and on a phone call with about 30 different people on the phone call, leading the phone call. My boss called me literally 10 times in five minutes while I was on that call because he had something so urgent that he needed to ask me. But I was on the call with 30 people. There was no way I was going to hang up to address his quote-unquote urgent need. I got off the call, I gave him a call back, and he says, oh, I got the answer to my question. You see, he had been trying to take the easy way out of interrupting my day to get an answer to a question that he was able to figure out on his own. And so we, we are just afraid to put some boundaries up, but it's powerful because then I was teaching him and other people around me to get some answers on their own, and when they need me, Absolutely. Come to me. I'm happy to help you. Um, and and it's, it's frightening to do it at first, but the more you do it, take little steps. You'll feel empowered and people will respect you because people, people want to work with people who are respectful of themselves. You know, it's interesting. I, I know a lady who actually um, owns a real estate agency, very successful real estate agency, and she actually put up a boundary saying her office hours are Monday through Friday, 9 to 6. Now, for a realtor, that is bold because people like to look at homes in the evenings and the weekends. And guess what? Her real estate agency grew because people said, oh, my gosh, she is so good. I've got to get in there with her. I'm going to rearrange my schedule so that I can get in there with her. And think about it. The doctor's office, you call the doctor and you say, hey, I need an appointment to be seen. And they say, okay, great. We've got something in two weeks at 2 o'clock. You don't say, 
oh, well, that doesn't work for me. Can I get in tonight at 7 o'clock? The doctor's not staying for you. You've got to work into their schedule. So it's changing your mentality. Just put your boundaries around your own life. Interesting. So, Sherry, we've been doing a couple of shows on um, diet. So we've done the paleo diet. We've done the gluten-free. We've done the diabetic diet. So you have a really interesting uh, diet. You say you recommend eating a live frog every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, eat your live frog. So that's the thing that you would procrastinate the most. And just get it done. If it's a task that you've got on your list that you really need to do today, and you know that you're going to look at it and go, oh, I don't want to do that, and it gets to be the end of the day and you still haven't done it, That's the kind of thing you need to do first because then it's done, it's out of the way, it's not consumed much of your energy, and you feel good about getting something done. So, Sherry, I need help with just the worst problem I have in my life, the thing I hate more than anything else and just gets me behind in my own schedule, and that is my dreaded email. I just can't take it. Yeah. So oh, I know. do you have any tips? Can you help me out here, Sherry? I, really- I do. Email is just a vicious thing for, uh, you know, even for me, I uh, really was beginning to feel overwhelmed again by it by the end of the year. And I cleaned out my email box and I found a really cool app that is saving me so much time because I, I'm the kind of person that loves a sale. I like to know that uh, my favorite clothing store has a sale or my favorite grocery store has some coupons they're offering or whatever it might be. Well, that piles up in your email box and then you can't find the real stuff in there, that important work stuff that you need or, or that friend that's trying to reach you. And so um, what I suggest now, if you've got a Gmail kind of account or there's other kinds that this app would work on, it's unroll.me. It's free, unroll.me. Just download that app from the App Store And what's cool about it is that it will automatically unsubscribe you from a whole bunch of um, emails. It will roll up other emails and it will save some. And so here's the really cool thing. The roll-up ones, I have 181 emails that I still want to get sometimes because I just can't let go to those sales flyers. But once a day, they send me everything that falls in that category in one email. And it's like these little picture boxes of the email that's been opened up so I can see... Um, I don't know what would be a good example. The the grocery store and the clothing store is a little box, and I can see if I want to look at any of that. Or if I don't even feel like looking at it that day, I just ignore it, because, and I can even just delete it. And it saves me money because I don't even know there's a sale going on. But I did that <laughs> recently. <laughs> Isn't that good? Save yourself some money. I rolled up 101 emails, 181 emails. I unsubscribed from 77 with a swipe of a button. I made these choices. And then I went through a different email box. I got that wouldn't work with this app. And I must have unsubscribed recently from about 50 different people that are experts in the world. And I just got off lists. And it just feels so nice to be rid of all that clutter. So does that mean that Microsoft will come mysteriously in and decide what is my clutter and and take it and put it someplace? Oh, I'm glad that you said that. So... So when you've got the app on your phone, what it does is is it it goes through your email box and every single email gives you a chance the first time um, to look at it. So let's say 
um, uh, let me pick a national brand. Like, let's say you get a McDonald's email. I don't know if they've had sent emails out, but let's say you get one from McDonald's. So when you're in the app, it says, do you want this email from McDonald's? And you can either swipe to the left to unsubscribe, swipe up to put it in the roll-up, or swipe to the right so it stays as its own little email that still comes to you. And you only have to do that one time for each company, and then it starts going in that roll-up. So now only one a day maybe I have to make a decision on, um, and the rest of them, it just knows what to do with them. I think that's a, that's a great idea. I, the one that I really like is instead of having multiple, multiple emails about a, a meeting time, this is especially I run into this on the non uh, profit boards I sit on and committees. You know, it's like just use Doodle. You just download yes. it. It's free. You know, it has everybody's name on it. You have multiple meeting times that as the chair you're available. And then people, you know, pick what times are best for them and you can automatically see because people hit that reply all button. You know, I, and I've got 10 emails about, well, I can't come. I can't come. Well, you know, my son's got a soccer game. I, I mean, look, I'm a caring person, but there comes a point where I really don't care. You know, well, those kind of emails, too, if you're needing to discuss things or if you need to commute, not not discuss, but communicate something like I'm in a networking group. That's where a bunch of business owners get together on a regular basis to help pass referrals to each other. And what we really encourage our membership to do is if you're going to send an email out to everybody, put it in the blind carbon copy because it prevents them from hitting reply all and creating all that noise in your email box. And you know, when I was working in corporate, what would happen a lot is um, you get those conversations that are going on where somebody sends something out and there's 20 people on the email and they just start conversing. And what I would do is I would um, block out different times of the day to only look at email and I'd let those pile up and I'd look at the last one that had come in with that subject line, see that they had answered the question and just delete them all. I didn't even need to bother with what was being said in that email. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's talk a, a little more personally. So um, most of my listeners, if not all of them, are caregivers. So many of them are working and caring for someone. And so errands, personal errands become family errands, just become a big deal. So do you have any tips for streamlining all those errands that you have to do? I do. So one of the things you want to start with is um, piling them up. Don't do one errand at a time. So allow yourself a few days and write a list. I just have a piece of scratch paper that I start writing down um, I'll put the name of the store I need to go to and what I need to buy or return or whatever at that store. And I just make these blocks all over the paper. Then when you're ready to go run the errands, what you can do is you can think it through geographically. Which is the store that's closest to me? And then which is the store that's the next closest to that one? And, and plot it out so that you're not just driving all over the city trying to get your errands done. You'll save yourself a lot of time. I don't always do this next one, but it's kind of a fun thing to think about that if you're going to store A and now you set store B up, store B would be a right turn out of store A's driveway because then you don't have to make a left turn across traffic and come left again across. Don't, don't be crisscrossing across. Um, make it just easy, right, 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 because then you can get out 
at a stoplight. If your if your state laws allow you to turn right on red, which they do here in Minnesota, um, you can just pop out so much faster. Another really cool thing that we've done is we just make it a family outing. And so I have a son and my husband, and so we'll all hop in the car. They drop me off at the door, and they'll either drive around while I'm running in real quick, or they'll find a, they'll drive around until they find a close parking spot up front that they can watch for me. Now we didn't have that extra time of parking the car, all going in, um, and then or even me just going in by myself. I've saved myself a few minutes too, and the hassle of where am I going to park my car? That's that's kind of interesting. I never thought of doing that as a family outing. That's- yeah. And, and does your son go along with that? And he's like, like this is fun. This is okay because I get to spend time with my dad while my mom is running yeah. in and out of stores. Yep. He's totally cool with it. You know, and, and the big thing is give him an iPad and he'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. My, I have one of my sons says, because he, he has iPads for his children. He says, oh, it's like crack for babies. Yeah, <laughs> he says, like, it's really effective on a plane uh, or in a restaurant. Yeah. The, the other thing, Cherry, that I think gets people into trouble is multitasking. Yes. You know, we're just, and it's exhausting. So do you have any tips for that? I do. Basically, just don't do it. And that's because your brain can't handle it. Your brain literally can only singular thread tasks. And so let me give you an example of understanding how why that is. So what you might find is you're on a phone call with a bunch of people and someone says, hey, Susan, what do you think of that? And Susan says, oh, what was that? I was multitasking. No, she wasn't multitasking. She was reading email while she had the headphones on listening, but she wasn't really listening. It's just that her brain heard her name and her brain said, hey, wait a second, Susan, they're calling your name. And so it interrupted the pattern of reading email or whatever it is she was doing. And now she needs to bring her focus back to the meeting and actually waste everybody else's time by having them repeat what they were asking her about because she has no idea. So we just can't multitask. Our brain can't handle it. So when you're doing um, work, you really just want to focus on one task at a time. The only thing that I'll say is an exception would be like if you are emptying the dishwasher and cooking dinner. I mean, that's you can work on that both at the same time, but make sure you've got a way to alert your brain to what's cooking on the dinner. Like if you're boiling noodles, that's going to overboil in a couple of minutes. Maybe you give yourself a timer for five minutes to go make sure you don't get caught up too much in emptying the dishwasher that your pan boils over on the stove. Tell us about Scoop Your Desk Fridays. Oh, I love that. So that's something where a lot of people will tell you, hey, you know what, at the end of every day, clean your desk up, make it nice and neat so you're ready to start the next day fresh. Well, I'm just not like that. (laughs) I'm just not that kind of personality. So I had to come up with something that would work better for me. and And I created this back when I was working in the corporate environment, and I would work at home on Fridays. So literally, I would scoop everything up off my desk, all those papers and post-it notes and everything, and I'd stuff it in my laptop bag, and I'd bring it home. And I'd spend an hour or two, whatever it took, to go through it piece by piece. I'd look at a post-it note. What do I need to do with this? Is this a task I need to take care of it? Have I already done it, and I can just throw it away? Is it a piece of paper I need to file? Just take care of it piece by piece by piece. I couldn't set it down unless I had made a decision about it, 
or, you know, completed the task or whatever it was that needed to happen. And I actually still use that today because I still, as an entrepreneur, can't manage cleaning my desk every day. But it's awesome to just scoop it all up on Friday and sit there and um, go through it piece by piece. And then at least once a week, I'm back to not being overwhelmed by all that clutter. I think that's a good suggestion, even for caregivers who are not working, because unfortunately for caregivers, whether it's children or seniors or adults or whoever it is, there's just lots and lots of paper uh, moving around. Your house can get crazy, and, and actually I'm glad you bring that up, because that's kind of my method to cleaning in my house, too. The kitchen seems to get dumped with lots of paper, and I'll just pile it up, and go through it then, or even even if it's not a pile and it's just stuff, I'll stick it in a box. You know, like those boxes you can get at the grocery store mm-hmm. to bring your groceries out? Well, I have a box like that, and I'll just throw it all in the box, and then I piece by piece can look through it and work my way down to so that it's all organized. But if it's scattered around too much, I feel like I'm wasting too much time running back and forth, and I, I get distracted. You know, you're like, oh, you see this, and oh, I should work on that. And then you see another thing, and next thing you know, you didn't even touch all the cleaning you were supposed to do. Yeah, I do that, actually, on a uh, kind of a daily basis in my own house with just personal mail that comes to my house. You know, Uh I flip through it. If it's something that really needs to be taken care of right away, which which is rare, I'll take care of it and maybe even put it in my briefcase to do it work the next day. If not, I I put it in a box and then on Saturday or Sunday, Friday night, whatever, I just slowly sort through it and get it organized um, because otherwise you're doing it every day. And for those of us who are tr- also need to work at home, it's, it's just impossible. It's impossible. It is. Yep, and we found a really cool method with the, the mail too. My, my son, one of his chores is to bring the mail in and he's supposed to set it in a certain spot. And then I or my husband will look at it and do, like you said, make that decision of if this is something I need to take care of today. If not, it goes in a little bin, and that way then we can take care of it. Um, We actually go through it twice a month because it's that mentality of pay bills twice a month. Mm -hmm. So then on the 15th and the last day of the month, we go through it, and um, it makes for quick work. Wow. So, Sherry, uh, in closing, tell us, like, what seems to be uh, the favorite tip? or favorite tips that everyone has that you hear about? Well, here's something that, um, you know, I don't know if it's a favorite tip, but it's a a tip that's hot on my mind lately. In fact, I just was telling a lady it again this morning because we like to um, get caught up in our story and share that with other people when we're running late or when we're having a bad day or um, just... Try when um, when we're when we're trying to explain how we're managing our time, and so for this particular lady, she actually works for a title closing company, and so she feels like she should be at the whim, the beck and call of clients when they want to have a closing. And recently, it happened where she um, had to cancel out on being at this networking meeting that I mentioned earlier on the call. And, and and it's not a good thing. You don't want to miss too many of them because attendance is important and blah, blah, blah. So what she needs to do is, again, put that boundary on it and say, you know what? I have another commitment at that time. Can I meet you at 3? And instead of going in this whole long story of I had this networking meeting and I need to be there, you open yourself up for judgment. And you don't want that from people. You really just want to keep it to 
Um, you know, you're meeting your friend for coffee and you're running late or, or like your mom uh, is waiting for you to come and pick her up. They don't want to hear the whole big long story of what's going on in your life. Just give them a call 15 minutes beforehand. Um, I just did this the other day. I thought I was going to be late for a meeting. Give them a call 15 minutes before. Hey, you know what? I'm running just a little bit behind. Is that going to be okay with your schedule? And, oh, yeah, no problem. I ended up showing up on time, but then she was delighted instead of being mad at me for being a couple minutes late. Um, So I didn't explain that there was this whole big drama that had happened at my home before I left, and that's why I was running late. She didn't care. She was more concerned about what's going to happen with her. So if you're getting your parents to your doctor appointment and things just aren't going well, Give them a call and say, hey, you know what, we're running five minutes late. Is that going to be okay? And don't go into all the drama because they don't care about that. They just want to know when you're going to be there. Sherry, thank you. This, th- you have given us some great information and great tips today. Um, tell our listeners the name of your book again and how we can get in touch with you. Sure. The book is um, Take Back Your Time. It's available on Amazon. And you can get in touch with me at Sherry, S-H-A-R-I, at shrinkyourworkweek.com, which is also my website, shrinkyourworkweek.com. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thanks for the tip on the email. Yeah, you're welcome. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I realize that there is one very important question to which we devote very little time. And that question is, why is there never time for me? I know we talk about this a lot, but it's so important. As a professional, I know better. I know all the statistics that say that in order to continue giving care to others, I need to take care of myself. Our guest, Sherry McGuire, told us that time management is really changing and modifying your own behavior. So I decided that if you want to take care of yourself, I have to lead the way and set the example. So here's my example. I love to take off Mondays. Most people like to take off Fridays. I actually prefer to take off Mondays, all right? It's my favorite day of the week to be off. So can I change my work week so that I never work on Mondays? Well, not really. That's just not going to work. So what's the compromise? So for starters, I scheduled vacation days for myself on the Mondays following Christmas and New Year's. That was easy. It worked. But how do I continue going forward? My new goal is to take off at least one Monday once a quarter. That's just one Monday every three months. And to go in late at least one morning every other week. It's achievable. The important thing about this change is that it benefits me as a caregiver. And importantly, it is achievable. Why are those words benefits me, though, so hard to say. I feel guilty. I feel embarrassed. I mean, this is ridiculous. I have to do this. It may not sound like much, but it's a start. And actually, if I wasn't doing this show, I actually would not have even pushed myself to do this. But now that I've committed this to paper, and actually, now that I've shared this with you, I feel like I'm committed. I have to do it. Time management is a journey, and I will stay in touch with you as I travel down this path of making some time for myself. Write to me at Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. I want to hear what small change you're going to make in order to make time for yourself. 
It's important to actually share this with me or some other person, as once you state out loud what your plans are, then you've given yourself a chance to actually move forward. I will be waiting to hear from you, and I'll be very interested to hear how you've decided to devote just a little time to managing your own time better so that you can take care of yourself.